Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. And all month long in Artistic August, we are talking to people who are enmeshed in art in some way. And, you know, as we've been talking and hearing from people, we're, we're learning, you know, art can be inspirational. Art can be exciting. It can be moving, but it can also be healing. And uh, my guest today is going to, well, her story is very unique, but I think what we're going to find is that despite the uniqueness of her story, I have a feeling that there are many, many elements that are probably going to relate to us all in different ways. Now, not to the extreme of some of the elements of her life, but I think when we listen to stories about people who've had very extreme experiences and we really try and ask ourselves, what does this mean in my life? We find some really unique perspectives. So Jen Kiaba is an artist and an educator. She grew up in the infamous Unification Church. Now, you may have heard about that. It's a religious group referred to mostly by popular media as the Moonies. And uh, it's pretty much a primary example of a cult. And she doesn't shy away from that word. And I think it's really important. Now, while she was in this, and she was born into it, she had to escape a forced arranged marriage. And uh, she fought her way out in her early 20s. And you know that that could not have been easy. After leaving the group, uh, she went on to earn her BA in art history at Bard College. Now, I love when people think about how they use their skills and their experiences in life to really not only make sense of the past, but really change the future. And as an artist, she uses photography specifically to explore the failure of faith and the resulting loss of identity that occurs with that. She has been exhibited internationally. She was a third place winner of the Julia Margaret Cameron Award and a top 200 final, finalist in Critical Mass. She was also an honorable mention in the 13th Pollux Award. So for many years, she's worked as an educator and a mentor um, with a local nonprofit. And really her focus there is to empower youth to develop their artistic voice and shape their futures. So she also, just because I think it makes sense altogether, she works and writes and speaks about art, healing, and where the two intersect. And that's why I think she's going to be a perfect guest for us today. So Jen, thank you so much for being on our show today. Thank you so much for having me. And I loved your introduction where you talked about despite the fact that I have this unique experience, so many people can connect to it. And I think that that is such a poignant truth. And I'm so glad that you led with that because it's something that I try to share every single time I have a conversation. And I love that you opened with that. Oh, you're welcome. And I really think it is important because sometimes we hear stories and we think, oh, that must've been terrible for that person. But we, we don't recognize that the stories that people have in their lives all have remnants of things that we've, you know, that we've experienced and maybe not to that extreme, but 
when we are more aware of how similar we are or some of those shared experiences, I think the not only the more understanding we are, but the more forgiving we can be of ourselves because we all have our own backstory and some of it's not pretty. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, basically, I feel like you just summed up what my mission feels like in terms of my art and my education. So I'm, I've got goosebumps. <laughs> Yay. Oh, good. Well, tell us. And and like I said, when I, you know, when I learned about you being on our show, I was like, this is going to be something that's really moving because people need to be able to discuss difficult things. And mm-hmm. I love the fact that you are trying to also help, especially youth grapple with the time of our lives. If we all remember when we were teenagers and people always say, you know, would you go back? I'm like, heck no, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no way I'd go back to that but I'm glad I've learned what I've learned. So tell us a little bit more about you and your work and how you help the people you work with to shock their potential. Sure. Yeah. I mean, specifically in the nonprofit that I've worked with, a lot of the teenagers that we come into contact with are highly at risk youth. And so I tend to lead in the classes with my stories, not necessarily to dump on these kids, but, you know, I'll get a list. This is my roster. And there's always a column of like this kid struggling with PTSD. And sometimes I'll hear their stories from other educators just to prepare me about how to hold space for these kids. And so So I share my story and my art with them, again, not in any way to burden them, but just to say, this is a safe space. I'm trusting you with, you know, a a very abbreviated version of my story. And then here's my art, because I think that that speaks to them on a level that they can relate to. Many of us can understand the universals in art much better than we can understand the language of story sometimes, because again, if we don't have the exact same experience, it's very easy to say, well, that is other. But when these kids see the work, I can often see a light bulb go off. And I think that in in maybe the public school or private school environment that they might be in or in their homes, you know, there is a a certain suppression of like, well, what is okay to express? And I I think that that's societally in general, you know, we tend to want to show everybody what's good and healthy in us. And it's very hard to show the dark side. So when I say, here's the work that I've created in my healing process, I'm always amazed at how honest and raw and vulnerable the art that these kids share. And so I tend to use the same techniques when I mentor. And a lot of people come to me because of my work and my story, because again, I think that they recognize that I'm going to seek to create that safe space for them. And it's always really interesting, um, especially in some first sessions when I'm working with somebody where you know, I'll, I'll try to, maybe they don't understand what their art is about, or they don't think that there's a story uh, in there. And, and as we explore together, it'll come up that there is a history of abuse or a history of um, struggling with addiction and things. And people are amazed that those themes are so present in their visuals. And then, you know, from an artistic perspective, then we start to put together bodies of work and things. But I think that that's one of the things that I, I've really t- took it away um, because I learn even when I educate is that art is a language in and of itself. It transcends 
the spoken word, it transcends the, the left side of the brain and the logical thinking. And it is such a powerful tool for communication for people to feel seen and to feel heard. And so um, in my business, I seek out partnerships with, again, you know, nonprofits to teach and nonprofits to license to where I know that my work can be a tool to help further somebody else's business or somebody else's mission. So this, mm -hmm. this past year, I've worked with two different profits uh, to license my work because they are so unchained at last and the resiliency foundation both work to help end child marriage in the united states because uh -huh. i think now there's maybe 45 states in this country that allow children to get married um and so you know there there are so many different ways that i try to sort of plug in now that i've learned that wow. again to your intro um, there are so many connections for us. Our stories are so interwoven, even if they seem different. And so anytime I, I hear a story or I hear of an organization where they have this mission that resonates, maybe even with just a small part of my story, I, I find ways to connect with them so that I can help further their mission from a visual standpoint. Because again, visuals are such a powerful way to tell our stories. Well, first of all, I am just stunned that there's 45 states that allow children to be married. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, I had no idea. Yeah. yeah. And I think, wow, that's just, that blows me away. It's very scary. Mm -hmm. um, a couple of things that I was making notes at as you were talking, I, I love the fact that, you know, as you say, you know, when I tell them my story, not that I'm trying to get them to feel bad or not that I'm trying to give them too much that they can handle, but it makes it easy it, it makes it, uh, it, if you didn't, it's too easy for them to say that is the other, you know, mm -hmm. well, that's your story, whatever, you know, or, you know, you don't know me, you don't understand me. And I think that one of the gaps that we're facing, especially thankfully that now as a society, we are talking about mental health, for instance, mm -hmm. we're mm -hmm. talking about it way more than we did when I was 17 and didn't know I had depression. You know, when I was 16 and thought, I just want to die. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, there was that, there was no dialogue, you know, uh, Prozac hadn't even been released yet, you know, so we didn't have those dialogues. And so whenever somebody would say something like, you know, why are, why are you so down? What do you have to be down about? You know, and you're yeah. like, you have no idea what's going on in this head. Yeah. And, and there's so many kids that um, have, ha have, and I grew up in a great, you know, environment, but you can't change chemicals in your mm -hmm. body, you know? Um, but there are kids today and then who've had really horrific experiences that are having horrific experiences and they can't imagine that anyone else would have anything like they're facing. So I, I see that. But what I also really loved is when you talk about, you said, I like to show them the work I create in my dark spaces. And that's so, that's so enlightening to, you know, sometimes we think of art as, you know, something that makes you happy or mm. it's music that's uplifting or it's something beautiful, you know, to hang on the wall. You know, it's a picture that I got on a trip, but art is, is a method of communication. It's a language, like you said, but it's such a method of communication that if you can get someone who knows no other way to be able to verbalize what they're experiencing or what they did experience and teach them that you found ways to create in the darkest places, boy, that must give some of them hope. I hope so. Yeah. Um, I've only recently started to learn that one of the reasons art therapy, for example, is so powerful is because it helps to bypass. So trauma 
tends to bypass the left side of the brain or it shuts down the left side of the brain when we try to recall it and talk about it. But art and art therapy can bypass that and connect more fluidly to the right side of the brain. And thus it's a, it can be a more direct way for us to process initially at least. Um, and so, I mean, I am not a trained art therapist by any means, but I do hope that when I, you know, give that, so many of us feel, feel like we need the permission slip, right? And so in my classes and in my mentorships, I'm usually very forthright, here is your permission slip to create whatever you need to. And by the way, like, here's how dark I'm willing to go. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to shock me if you need to go here too. Um, I do think that it it does really, really help people. Um, and again, you know, I do think that there are things that we definitely need to process with the support of somebody who's trained, but in an art class, I just, I do find it for me, it's been freeing and the work that I've seen the kids create and the relationships that I've established because of it, I know that it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and I'm going <laughs> to, I don't, I probably shouldn't share this story, but there's probably nobody listening who knows anybody that I'm talking about uh, with it. And besides one of the people has passed away since, but long ago um, I taught, I taught um, in a, uh, in a, in a uh, public or private school. And so I was high, I just taught one year and I taught English lit and then I taught, you know, other classes. So I was kind of a, a fill in teacher for um, the, the seventh grade teacher who was out for the year. And I was te- or first English lit. And so I, um, I had the kids doing all kinds of different writing, you know, so we were doing poetry, you know, we had all these different sections and I had a kid in my class and he was, uh, you know, a CDF student, you know, so he consistently got mostly D's, mm-hmm. uh, nice kid. I loved him. I just, you know, I mean, my, I'm always that underdog person. Um, and he would constantly fail my tests and fail the, you know, assignments and all that we did a creative writing, uh, like for a month, a whole section on creative writing. And the improvement I saw in his writing was phenomenal. Now it was not even, it was not up to par with anyone else in the class, but what he, how he did what he did was a huge improvement. I could tell how hard he worked on it. I tell how proud he was on it. And uh, when it came time um, to give grades, I gave him a B, I think I gave him a B minus mm. um, because that was, that was to me what he deserved based on that. Um, the, the powers that be, I won't name who those people are just in case somebody else, you know, wants to follow this up and listen and, you know, tell me I'm, you know, bashing anybody, but the powers that be um, told me that he could not possibly have earned that grade. And then I needed to change it because he was a CDF student. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, I, that this is my grade. This is what I give him. This is the, w- the way I did it. And uh, when the grades came out, they changed my grade <gasps> and they gave him a D. Oh God. And he thought he was going to get a B minus. And I have never been so livid in my whole life. No, I've been livid my whole life, but you know, at that moment, I've probably been more livid on other things, but I remember at that moment in time, just being, because I'll tell you after that, he was just like checked out. He oh. didn't trust me anymore. He didn't yeah. trust school anymore. It didn't matter what I said, you know, that that wasn't the grade I gave him, gave him. That was changed because somebody believed that that was all he was capable of. Yeah. And to this day, I wonder, I have no idea where the kid is. I, you know, I mean, kid. He's a grown man now. He's, you know, but, um, I have no idea. And I just think about 
you know, the creativity that he was starting to show Mm -hmm. that just got squashed and uh, it just breaks my heart. And that's just one little area. Oh, yeah. 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 I do think that that's one of the most important things in that educational space is we have to realize, especially in creativity, we are being so vulnerable Mm-hmm. And, and I am so fiercely protective of, I, so <laughs> I'm going to share a story that maybe I shouldn't. Um, but <laughs> at the end of every single section, we would do an art show with these kids and I showed up to help prepare the art show and the assistant artistic director didn't want to have some of the kids pieces from my class in it because there's, there's a lot of back and forth in the photography world about you know, digital manipulation and straight photography, meaning like it is what you shoot and that's all you can print. And so he was of the more purest kind of background. And it was devastating to these students that he Mm -hmm. didn't want to include their art. And I mean, my mama bear instincts just got so activated. And I'm very happy to say that they're everybody's pieces that I chose ended up in that show. But I, I completely understand with where you're coming from that you know, when you see people put their heart into something, you want them to be validated for it. Because again, it's, it is part of somebody's soul. Like, I really believe that. I know that sounds woo woo, but they're showing you something important in themselves. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't think it sounds woo woo at all. I think it's it's perfect. Spot on. Well, Jen, we're going to take a quick break and hear from Mm -hmm. our sponsor and we will be right back. Are you tired of the time and expense of going to the salon for a mani-pedi? If so, Color Street is your answer. Base, color, and top coats are blended together in an incredible polished strip that you apply yourself. The result? A brilliant salon quality manicure in just minutes with no dry time, smudges, or streaks. These strips are 100% real nail polish, not stickers. They're flexible, can be gently stretched for a perfect fit, and last up to 10 days. I've been using them for months now and love the amazing selection of colors and styles, along with the ability to create my own unique manicure by mixing and matching. Shop today and support our sponsor, Betsy Roberts, by ordering at colorstreet.com backslash BH Roberts backslash party backslash 2095611. Again, that's colorstreet.com backslash BH Roberts backslash party backslash 2095611. Or simply click the link in our show notes. And we are back with Jen Kiaba and I, I can just feel your passion about it too. And it's funny, I hadn't even really thought about that uh, now gentleman, now man, that, uh, you know, he's probably grown and has, you know, kids and all that now. But, you know, those things, you, you, you do know that when you are creating art of any kind, music, art, photography, dance, whatever, it is a part of you. It is a part yeah. of your soul. And yeah. to, to be able to see it physically mm-hmm. I'm assuming that as you are, you know, work with these kids and, and they, they can see then what they create in some of their darkest spaces, does that help them give more words or definition or give them more power over some of their, their scenarios? I believe that it does. I'm again, not a trained social worker, not a trained psychologist. So I believe and hope that it does based on my own experience. I believe that it does because I know for me, when I 
exited the, the Unification Church and was processing and healing. I didn't have language for my experience. I didn't know how to talk about it. I didn't know what I experienced was abuse. And yeah. so it was through, I mean, even with my therapist, when I first started going to therapy, one of the best ways for me to communicate was via my art. And yeah even talking to other survivors of, you know, domestic abuse and um, abusive families and things like that. To me, what has been so amazing is that when I've shared my art, I hear other people's stories in return. And it's, that has been, I think the primary way for me to develop the language around my experience. I've since started to research about cults and coercive control and narcissistic abuse and, and can now have a more academic framework for it. But before that, it was really in shared conversation with safe people where when I heard their story, even if it had nothing to do with a cult, I could say that that, that happened to me the first time I ever shared my work. And I share this story a lot. Um, I was at a very small workshop. I showed my prints to the woman across the table from me. She looked at my pictures and she said, these remind me of me. I had an abusive background. I was dissociated for many years. And she told me her story. And I had been terrified to share my work because again, it's so personal. Um, but it made me realize that like, this is an incredible way for us to develop connection. Right. And yeah. And then you find shared experiences with that, Mm -hmm. that allows you to feel not so alone. Yes. And not so fearful to share it the next Mm -hmm. time. Yes, exactly. Wow. Um, I have, uh, I always laugh. I I have no like uh, creating art, artistic ability in my body. I can't even drive stick people very well. And uh, so I'll have a, a story of a little bit more levity. I was at a conference where, uh, this is actually a conference where it's mostly, men in this conference. And then, so their wives have, you know, like spouse things to do, which has kind of been fun. And so there was there, I don't know why there wasn't wine involved in this, but they had a painting thing. So somebody was coming in and saying, okay, we're going to, I'm going to show you how to paint trees and all this. And I'm like, I can't paint trees. So I was just painting my own thing and I'm mixing colors. And pretty soon it's just like this blob and it's kind of brownish red and it's, you know, got some, you know, green over here. And all the ladies were laughing at me. They're like, what, what, what are you creating? I said, I know what I'm creating. And they're like, well, we have no idea what you're creating. I said, I know what I'm creating. I'll tell you when it's all done. And, uh, and I was laughing. I'm like, if I had some wine, you'd clearly know what I was creating. But so as we all got done, my husband came in cause he was going golfing. So he came into the room and, uh, he turns, you know, he's, he looks at everybody else's and he's ooing and eyeing. He looks at mine and uh, the woman next to me, uh, she said, I bet you can't tell what Michael's painting. And he goes, looks like menopause. And I go, <laughs> that's exactly it. Cause exactly wow. it, it was my, <laughs> and they're like, no, it is. And I go, you guys, that's exactly what I was painting as like, cause I was just starting to have all the, you know, really get into the, a lot of the hot flashes and the, you know, kind of mood swings. And I'm like, this is it. You know, some days it feels like wow. this, some days it feels like this. <laughs> and they're like, no way. <laughs> That's amazing that he, like that you guys have that connection that he could look at that and see it. That's amazing. I couldn't believe it either. Cause I really thought they're like, and I think I told one woman and, and, you know, maybe right before he came in or something. And, and so, you know, they really thought that I set it up and, you know, told him that uh-huh. and I'm like, no, honestly, I didn't. He just knows, he knows how I talk about things because uh-huh. I talk in like, well, I don't know. I feel like it's this and it's overwhelming me and what? <laughs> 
So did you just get a visitor? Did they bring uh, you Yeah. Yeah. My fiance just walked in. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Excellent. But anyway, so that is my story. That's how artistic I am. But um, I also felt like it was, you know, at where I was at the time, it was my creation of what I was going through. Mm-hmm. It's the only time I've, I've had something that somebody could actually recognize, even if it was just my husband. And I, I think that given what I'm hearing from this, you're a lot more artistic than you're even giving yourself credit for, because somebody close to you was able to identify exactly what it was that you were communicating. That's, that's true. That's a good point. I'm very artistic. You Just are. People near me. <laughs> Somebody that understands you is going to see what comes out. And I think that's you, you've got it. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Well, Jen, I know we're going to have all your contact information on our show notes, but in case somebody wants to look you up right now because they want to know more about what you do, um, what's the best way for them to reach you? Uh, My website, jenkiaba.com, or you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at jenkiaba. Perfect. And before we go, what are your last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Um, You are more artistic than you give yourself credit for. (laughs) And art is an incredible healing and communication tool. And I think that your story proved that point in a very beautiful way. Unexpected, but beautiful. Well, you didn't see what it looked like. (laughs) Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? Jen, thank you so much for being a guest with me today. I think that your story is powerful to share, but what you're doing to help others is even more powerful. Thank you so much. I'm glad we are connected. Yes, and thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you today. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees and sales mixology. Why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.